Hey, I'm Lynn Rogala. And I'm Allie Diliberto, and we are coming to you from the ladies' room. So we can talk about removing stupid, frustrating, and toxic shit from the world in a way that's not prim enough for the dinner table. Okay, welcome back to the ladies' room, where my day has been consumed with other people's tech, it feels like right now. (laughs) You're the one who told me to use this microphone, Lynn, and I hooked it up just fine by myself. I didn't realize that you were going to be a whiny bitch about it, though, when I said for you to use it. (laughs) I have COVID. (laughs) Leave me alone. I know. We're going to talk about that, too. Um, Mm. Yes. So it's It's not my fault. My head is a funny shape. Yes. Very weird. I've never known a single person who can't use these microphones. But so fair warning to everyone listening that Allie has not been properly trained in how far she can wander away from her computer, like a little child whose mother is watching her at the airport or something. I don't know. I lost. I know. I feel like I've been told to stay on the toilet seat and my feet don't reach the floor and I have to like sit there while they dangle around. It's not going to be as good a podcast. No, it's more like, don't, don't put your hands in whatever that puddle is. Come back over here by me. Stop it. So if she sounds bad, I'll be scolding her on the podcast and we're getting started late. We're getting started later than we planned because I had to help Bobcha with her dating website again. Well, also let's be real yesterday. I was sick. So we're really late. Yeah, it's fair. But yes, I, I, I had, I was in the middle of doing something technical for myself and now an hour later, here we are. Ta-da. Ta-da. Okay. So as was inevitable, you have COVID <laughs> and Riley's been, I don't know why you said it's inevitable. Okay. I was going to say we have been as far as like being careful, like I know. following all the protocols, like we have to be in the very high percentile of well-behaved people around. COVID. I know. Like, and that's why you haven't had COVID up until this point. And we still knock on wood, haven't had it, but Riley got exposed on Monday. Um, so, I mean, it just feels, it's hard because we don't want to lean into it being an inevitable because there's a lot of people where an exposure is really, really bad, but it is starting to feel like, fuck, what can you do at this point? Because yeah, you've done I think everything. That last week, um, somebody came into work and they said, it's going to, it's just inevitable. Everybody's going to get it. And I was really mad. And now I'm like, well, <laughs> maybe that's what's happening. And I read an article about that a couple of weeks ago. Like everybody's like, well, there's no avoiding it at this point, but I don't really know how true that is or not, because I think we've also gotten more lackadaisical about it, even mm-hmm. though we hadn't personally. So I think this might be the day to discuss where I was like, let's not talk about that yet because I we had, I just had more background to fill in, but I think we can today since now it's official. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and yeah, and I think, um, and the topic being, of course, the personal responsibility trade-off because it's not even about personal responsibility. It's about the trade-off, right? Well, it's both. Yeah. But I mean, well, I mean, we'll talk about it and then we'll define what we're talking about, but yeah. And I think (laughs) to get back to COVID for a second, um, I read really early on that the normal thing for a virus is to mutate, to be milder and more contagious. Like that's a, that's That's a winning strategy curve. Yep. That's a winning strategy for the strategy for the virus, not for people, obviously, but the virus is winning. Like Ebola 
is not a very successful virus because it kills its host so dramatically and fast. Right. So it doesn't have a chance to spread. Um, so a successful virus is like really contagious, but also more mild. Like the common cold is a super successful virus, which is also right. a coronavirus. Fun fact. Fun fact. Yeah, I've, I've seen some of my Facebook friends who run a little more towards the conspiratorial and they'll find something talking about coronavirus from five years ago. And they're like, see, the government knew. I'm like, yeah, you're just dumb. Sorry, I don't know any other way to say it. You're ignorant. It is a kind of coronavirus. COVID-19 is a coronavirus. It's not the only one ever. The common cold is also a coronavirus. It's a kind of virus. So little science speech. But there's also still a lot that's unknown, right? We have to caveat everything we say Mm -hmm. when some things, you know, and it's unknown and we don't know. And we're not quite sure what that's going to mean or not mean. Like we think for sure now, there's plenty of indications that Omicron is going to be, you know, for sure it's more mild and Mm -hmm. it's more contagious. We think that the two month, you know, spike curve that we've been on with the other forms of variants, like is, you know, is only a month with. Yeah. So all those things are really good. And I'm still a little cranky that after, and more than that, after all the precautions, but my mom is sick and that's the bigger Mm-hmm. The That's bigger the bigger, that. Yeah, the bigger concern. And you were, I mean, probably exposed through someone's being a little careless and lackadaisical. Well, that's what I, where we were going to maybe go last week. And then I thought like, let's have a, con- let me have a conversation first and then we'll get into it. But I think, I think we, that ship has sailed. So now I can, now I can say, but first I'll meadow report a little bit that for about three months, I got a part-time job at Starbucks in a Hilton and I've loved it. I've always said, like, I've worked for myself for, you know, almost 20 years. And I've always said that the next time, if I ever needed a part-time job or something for benefits or whatever, I was going to do, um, go back to being a barista because that was like my first job managing a Starbucks and, I used to love, you know, it's probably like being a bartender without the alcohol. And so after the summer, we definitely tapped and stretched our financial resources. And I didn't have a lot of bandwidth. Like I didn't want to spool something else up. And I, so I thought, I think I'll get a part-time job being a barista. That'll give us some stability. It'll give me some consistency in my schedule. And it's been wonderful. Like I have so many positive things to say about Hilton as a brand And I want to introduce this topic on the podcast because there's so many great examples for us to talk about around um, what they get right and what they miss and, and all those things, but we'll save that those topics for another day. But now that you, I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast that I was working part-time at Starbucks. Right. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if you wanted to say, I I wasn't sure if you wanted to name, um, like an, (laughs) an, on the table now name and shame. No, but I don't think that I want to say a lot of positive things about Hilton. Like I tell people all the time, like stay at Hilton's. They do a fantastic job. They're rated, you know, in the top three in the U.S., you know, regularly for being a top employer and in a lot, and they absolutely deserve that based on how they score that. And they, like my other two employees at Starbucks that work with me, one's been there for nine years and one's been there for eight years. 
And you don't keep, you know, part-time employees in positions like that without doing a lot of things right. And we have absolutely phenomenal travel benefits and healthcare benefits and all that stuff. So they pay significantly higher than um, competitive rate um, in the industry. So all those are things I had no idea about. I've never worked in a hotel. It's like an its own little microorganism, you know? Yeah, it's totally and different than a regular Starbucks. Hold on. Like you've raved how much about, you like about Hilton, not just, so it's not really, it's kind of a Starbucks job, but it's also a Hilton job. And you've just gone on and on and on about how much you love Hilton as a company. I know I did kind of, I wasn't really loyal. Like I'm kind of a hot wire Airbnb type of, you know, user when it comes to travel, but I've really built a lot of loyalty around Hilton because I think a lot of what they do, they do really well. And the same corporate problems and structures around how they look at people and how they, what they miss around resources exists there. And I think it's important. I think there's a lot of fear from people when they start talking about their jobs. Like, what if my boss hears this or what if this happens? Like, this is not our main source of income. So I'm way less vulnerable than, you know, other people around speak that my coworkers probably feel around bringing things up and addressing things. But I think that I'm having mostly a conversation about work that isn't even being had inside any inside most companies. Right. And so I think it's okay to use these as examples because there's things I love, like I love their travel program and I love a lot of the people I work with. I love the longevity that they've been able to cultivate in a lot of their properties. And it doesn't speak to every Hilton. A lot are independently owned and run very differently. And then there's sort of corporate Hilton. So it does get very complex, but I, I think it is valuable to look at the smaller experiences happening inside of quote, the microorganism, like I said. Yeah. And um, I'm sure there's an element of it being in Salt Lake city that also changes the texture as well. Yeah. I mean, of course, everywhere, everywhere you are, right. Like there's different cultural influences and different pieces. Um, but I have kind of not been sure if I wanted to share about this and talk about it really openly or not, but we may as well get into it. And and talk about it because I think there's a lot of good stuff there. But in this particular case, um, I have two bosses, so that's never good. No, that's, but, um, I've never been in a situation where I reported to more than one person that was like, oh yeah, this functions perfectly. No, it's, I mean, it's like basic it's always a, employee 101, whatever, but yeah, it evolved this way because of COVID and they had a huge percentage of employees at the hotel that were furloughed. And then as they brought people back for different needs. And I think the, I mean, can you just imagine a hotel in the travel industry in COVID? Like there's so much, um, everything around the travel industry impacts the hotel operating. And we'll have people who will come in and throw a fit that the restaurant's not open for lunch. And you're like, well, we actually can't staff it, you know, jackass. Like so many people are out sick. Yeah, that's um, there's been something really interesting about this pandemic plus social media, where I have seen so many videos of people where I'm like, they're just crazy. Like you can just see their eyes look crazy. There's just this, I don't even know how to describe it. There's this like hardness. Um, like I saw a woman, a video the other day of a woman who was abusing a Costco employee who was asking her to put a, ma- a mask on because like, oh, right. 
big man, right? You're going to take on the Costco employee and (laughs) they have this way. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but almost to, uh, you know, a letter to a person, they all have this kind of like hardness that is like, it's a weird kind of stubborn. It's like hard and glassy. I don't know how else to describe it. It has a very emotional feel for me, not emotional, like, oh, I'm so emotional, but like the feel of it is visceral where it's like, she's just like, yeah, this is my right. And I know my rights and blah, blah, blah. And she's just like this wall of crazy. They're like on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I used to only see that when parents were going nuts about, you know, Christmas shopping or something, but I do think we see that like, there's a way that I think people are disconnected from each other. And that's why I think having the conversations overall is important because it increases employee connection, but also like there's so much that's punitive that we don't get to really connect and make things better. Yeah. And I think, um, I have to think that substance abuse is part of it also. And I mean, all the way up to and including, uh, overuse of prescription drugs. And I am not against prescription drugs. I want to be very clear, but, um, like so many of the people I see in these videos, they have this weird glazed look where I'm like, they have to be on something that maybe they're not on the proper dosage, (laughs) maybe too much (laughs) or too little. Um, but I I think it's just that I think it's spiritual too. Like, I think there's a lot of spiritual darkness and also just humanity being disconnected from each other. I don't think is a net positive. Yeah. There's a, I heard something the other day. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I almost dare don't say this out loud, but I heard something the other day that they said, um, uh, NASA, I think it was NASA or it might've been just the government in general consulted with 50 different, I might have the numbers wrong. 50 different religious leaders to get their opinions on how people would feel about contact with um, alien life. (laughs) I'm like, please let this just be something that they're doing for a research paper. Please, God, (laughs) I can't. We get the aliens right now. Yeah. And then one of my more uh, out there friends posted something on Facebook that said, you know, something's coming and people who aren't open to interdimensional aliens and blah, blah, blah are in for quite a shock. And I'm like, oh man, please don't let those two things be anything more than coincidental. Please. I just don't think we're ready. (laughs) Or maybe we can become pets for like really great overlords who will find us, you know, all of us who wish to come back as our cat. Oh, I lost you. How did you lose me? You just got cut off. Did you, did you wander away? You've been getting a little choppy. Did you wander? I, didn't. I haven't moved at all. I'm literally right sitting by my computer like a well-behaved child. Oh, well, maybe your Bluetooth just got sad. Damn. All right. So well, what were you saying about becoming someone's cat? All of us who wish to come back as our cat. Or yeah. I, I mean, a cat, I know that in like Buddhist or whatever reincarnation, they consider human the highest form, but I don't know if, if you choose yeah, cat. Maybe, it, uh... <laughs> There's, there's a lot of upside, not a lot of downside for where I'm sitting. <laughs> well, depending where you are, because if you're in China, someone might eat you. I thought that was dogs, but I don't, I don't know. Haven't I told you the story about ho-hos? No. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, my dad was, ve- my dad is very Scottish. He's extremely financially frugal. And also he was a single parent who you know, took on single parenting and I don't think he had a lot of su- support and he was 
you know, we, when we would come see my dad or when we started to live with my dad, we would have this Chinese place up the street called Ho-Ho's and it was like buck a scoop. So it was like the best you could go get like feed everybody for 10 bucks or whatever. Well, it closed down a few. And we used to joke, like, there's no way they're making Chinese food for a buck. And sure enough, like a couple of years later, they closed down and they were closed down by the health department for using cats in their food. <gasps> Are you kidding me? And that's a true story. <laughs> oh my gosh. And probably stray cats. Probably stray cats too, right? Like- stray cats. Um, there was something going around on Facebook where someone said, uh, I was talking to my friend about he, he, um, his cats keep getting eaten by coyotes. Um, like he lets them out and then they get eaten by coyotes. And he said, what do you do? And I, he said, I just go to the shelter and adopt another one. And he said, well, it sounds like you're just feeding shelter cats to the coyotes. And then his daughter started to cry. (laughs) Just like so harsh. Oh no. I mean, there's plenty of cats. But yeah, you want to come. Wikipedia cat meat is prepared for domestic cats for human consumption. Some countries eat cats regularly, while others only consume cat meat. All right. Well, the top country is China. So there you go. Okay. All right. Well, you want to come back as fat baby then, not an alley cat (laughs) that's going to get eaten. It's true. Because didn't you say fat baby cried incessantly the other day for like two straight hours until you gave him a treat? It's the worst. Okay. So I blame Jacob. <laughs> He's spoiled he, for ruining my cat and st- then stealing him. But apparently whenever you go outside, whenever you come back from being away, he expects a treat. So this never used to be how this worked, but it is how it works now. So the other day I was like, I'm not doing that. He goes over and scratches his post, which he thinks because John thought you could train a cat to scratch their posts with treats is his way of saying, I want a treat. <laughs> so I'm like, I love you. You know, I gave him all this positive attention. I played with toys. So I was like, I'm not giving him a treat. And I resisted him for two hours while he like two and a half hours while he like attacked his sister and ran all around and raised hell. And finally I went, okay, I really don't care. Have your treat. And I gave him a treat and he calmed immediately down and was super happy. And then today I walked to the door in my mask to get something stepped outside the door for two seconds came back and fat baby assumed he meant he needed a treat and I'm like, no problem here's your treat fatso yeah leave me alone yeah see whatever he's got you, want. He's he's got got you got properly me. yeah and it's funny um when we had our dogs speaking of like jacob spoiling fat baby when we had our dogs two things number one whenever my grandma came they were intolerable after she left, just intolerable. They were so <laughs> oh, yeah. spoiled because like, my grandma, she used to come and visit us for a couple of weeks at a time. She, you know, kind of winter here for a couple of weeks and they would just, the three of them would just go in and out all day long. They'd go in the backyard, take a nap. Grandma would drag her chair in the sun. She's napping <laughs> in the sun, napping and reading a book, you know, and the dogs are laying around her feet. Just like, this is the greatest day ever. And anytime they wanted to go out, oh, you guys want to go outside? Oh, you want to go back in? And she'd go home and I call her. I say, you just spoiled. It's like sending a kid to grandma's. I was they have to be. That's how it was when I was a kid, went to grandma's. Yeah, you have, they had to be detoxed. And then the other thing is anytime we had guests, they would lie to the guests. Um, they they knew. So they they had a rule that they were not allowed to bring backyard toys inside or inside toys outside. That was the rule. The dogs knew the rule. 
If they walked yeah. up to the door with a ball, you say no toys, they would it. drop the ball, come inside. I've seen this happen. Yep. But then they would, if there was somebody, a guest, open the door for them, they those little monsters would try to sneak the ball past the guest. They would tuck their head down and like try to quickly run because they knew the person didn't know the rule. Yeah. But the funniest was when Eric's cousin came to visit us once and she was out for the day and we were going out for the evening when we weren't going to overlap. So we left a note and said, the dogs have been fed. Don't let them lie about it. And then the next morning at breakfast, she said, they did. They went to their bowl and they looked at me. I said, I know they, because they're running a scam. <laughs> yeah. Little liars. Little monsters. <laughs> so funny. All right. But anyway, getting back to, so you've been working at Starbucks and having a great experience mostly. Mostly. So, um, seven days before I tested positive, I was exposed by a coworker to, um, COVID. So I will say there's no way to know, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sue anybody and I'm not pretending that there's any way know for sure where I got it. However, a coworker came to work and said, um, that they were sick and that they only came to work. They had all the symptoms of somebody else who had tested positive for COVID before. And the only reason they came to work was that they didn't have a temperature. And I said, Hey, moron. Um, I didn't say it like that. Right. Sort of. I texted him a picture, like (laughs) what the CDC says about temperatures and COVID. And I was like, you should not be here. We're not busy. I don't need you somebody else can back me up and please don't be here. It's just coffee for fuck's sake. Like it's I not, know not yeah. everybody feels that way about coffee, but I mean, at the end of the day, if somebody has to wait three minutes longer for their coffee, they won't die. Yeah. So, and also, wait, I just want to say a little public service, a little PSA right here. Even if COVID is not happening, if you're that sick, don't come to work anyway. Cause nobody wants your flu either. Right. And I think the I think we've cultivated for sure this longstanding, like you just go to work when you're sick because yesterday Mm -hmm. when I woke up with a sore throat, I knew, you know, from what everybody said, it's not, um, it's likely like the, if you're vaccinated and boosted or vaccinated in the six month window and you like almost certainly having a sore throat is the, is the start. So I went to bed feeling fine. I woke up with a sore throat. I thought, oh, that's not good. I better go get tested. But I called out to work. You know, I tell, told the guy, I'm not going to be there. The guys, the tell everybody. And, um, and I went to go get tested and then I couldn't get a rapid test. I could only get a PCR test. So I said, I won't be there tomorrow either. Cause it'll take until the morning, but I had a good conversation with, um, one of my bosses and he was like, yeah, COVID, I'm sure everybody's getting it. This is what's happening. Please don't come in. But, um, in that moment of like, well, I don't feel that bad and whatever. Like by the time I got tested, I felt way worse, but in the morning I didn't feel way worse. So I didn't feel terrible. So just that line of like, I could totally work. I just have a little bit of a sore throat. Like, I mean, I'm working now for all practical purposes, right? Like we're recording the podcast. Yeah, it's true. I made a casserole yesterday. Like the whole world's going on. I'm not, so I'm not that sick, but, um, that was the exact thing is that my, I was exposed. Wait, stop. Okay. Either my internet or your Google fiber hates us. So just repeat the last thing you just said. It's the worst. 
Um, so I was just saying, so the morning that my coworker came to work sick, I said, I don't want to work with you, go get tested. And then I sent them to, I said, there's a place that opens at 7am, go get tested and don't come back. Like whether it's COVID or something else, like it's not worth being here if you're sick. Yeah. I don't want your flu either. I don't want to deal with this. And I, um, and then eventually not right away, but eventually the person went to go get tested and then they couldn't find the facility that I had been sending them to. So they came back because the facility they went to wasn't open and then had their mask down. And I was like, you have to be freaking kidding me. And another girl who works in the restaurant nearby was just like, you can't believe this is happening. And then finally, somebody sent him to the right place and he left, but I must've said three times, I don't want to work with you because there's no reason we're not busy. This is not worth it. Like, like, just go make sure. And then the coworkers rapid test was, came back um, negative. And then the PCR the next day came back positively. So there's a lot of like, okay, you got a negative test. You came, I mean, there's so much gray area, but just the, um, level of integrity like you forget about going to work when you're sick because that's sort of the training but I was like outraged because I got the call that I was exposed again like when I had Josie in the car so there was a right. lot of questions like I just picked her up and I was like oh my gosh we're transporting my mentally ill child and I've already in the car with her and now the recommendation if you're boosted and whatever is that you mask for 10 days. Fine. I'm doing that anyway, but there, they could have had me. I mean, there was some back and forth about what was going to happen. Um, if jo- and we got tested that day and it was negative, and all that stuff. But I could have had to figure out how to, you know, keep, try to keep this child stable in an environment that we weren't remotely prepared to do that. And when HR called me, they told me I was exposed on the first. And I was like, like hell I was, I was exposed four days later. (laughs) And so I was super mad, but the HR can't tell you who exposed you, but I only work with a few people, right? And you have to be with them for 15 minutes for it to be considered, um, you know, an exposure or whatever. So I was like, I have a kid in my car. Tell me who exposed me and tell me when, or tell me, you know, like tell me when I was really exposed. So I was super mad and I don't understand the logic behind, you know, like the rule currently is the recommendation is five days from the test date. So I was just like, this is the most ridiculous thing. And for the record, the test date is day zero. We've gone over this like so many times, but it's been really interesting because um, I think there's a lot of pressure. And I think this person who exposed me still tested positive on the sixth day. And they still said like, yeah, you're not just where you come back to work. And I think that stuff is just, it didn't matter like his feeling about it or what the personal integrity around it is. And there's a lot that companies can do from a leadership standpoint that for sure doesn't feel like being done because I think everybody well, I think self-interest and keeping the business running and all that stuff, but I think just the integrity around, and I will say the person who exposed me, HR wouldn't answer my questions. And, um, the person who exposed me called me and said, you know, I'm sorry, obviously I wouldn't have. And I said, I'm so mad. I can't even talk about this right now, but I do want to talk to you about it when it's over. And they acknowledge like your, 
you know, you're exposed, you're like, I understand it's a much bigger deal because of your mom, because of what's going on with your daughter. But um, it just, it's just stupid. And I think that, you know, if you're on the fence, stay home. And nobody packs you up for staying home. So be the person who calls. Like I had two coworkers who called me today and said, thank you for staying home yesterday when you weren't sure. And I was like, yeah, yeah you're welcome. And that, that added a lot. But did I get a phone call from HR saying that? Of course not. And so yeah. that's stuff that isn't yeah, I, translating the message to everybody. I saw something that said, um, if you're, if you tested negative, but you have quote, the worst cold of your life, stay home, stay home, still stay home. Yeah. And even if but it's not I COVID, there's a nobody wants that you would just come to work anyway. Yeah. I mean, that is the, the kind of I mean, underlying if you're an American in your forties, you've been like patted on the head at some point in your life for gutting it out when you're super sick. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I have seen that so many times and it makes me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's like, and, and not, not only patted on the head, but like high-fived and given a little medal and like, way to go. Yeah. Like your they, they reward project at the zero hour when they were dying of, you know, pneumonia or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't, I mean, you and I have talked so much recently about, um, the, the, just the process of like, we aren't, we're capitalizing, excuse me, I have the hiccups, we're capitalizing on our, on people in a way that costs us more later on. And the ill will inside of the community that I know at Hilton that's happened from this is exponentially more than it needed to be. Because the message of stay home if you're sick, you're doing everybody a favor by whatever, it gets really messy in corporate America because there's a lot of like people who are like, you don't have to provide um, proof of a positive COVID test. And then you just get five days off if you don't feel like so there's like a lot of um, you know, between HIPAA and all these other things, there's a lot of space where we really as community don't have each other's backs in a proper way. And then there's all these um bureaucratic things that are in the way of us caring well for each other, I think. Yeah, I mean, not to bring something else in. But it's very similar to the way that we even handle um, uh, maternity, paternity, grief, um, yeah. and elder care. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, serious Just illness. Even time off. Right. Right. Like we, we don't have space. One of the things that I think is really interesting about COVID is it pulled back the curtain, especially first for parents, but now for all of us, because for parents, it was the first um the first big impact of the shutdown was on parents because everybody was scrambling because school is daycare, right? So parents were the first ones who really had to scramble, but COVID kind of pulled back the curtain, like, ta-da, we're humans. I forgot to tell you because we show up to work as like a resource. <laughs> like even right. HR stands for human resources, right? We show up to work as like a resource and that is even the greatest company ever. There's still like kind of a a national mindset uh, that people are just like a machine, um, mm. you know, that you can plug and play and whatever. And so there's no space for um, like your personal illness. There's no space for a parent's illness or a child's illness 
or, you know, even maternity and paternity leave, like that's getting a little bit better, but an acknowledgement that, and I don't know what the right answer is, but like an acknowledgement that, Hey, um, having babies and taking care of babies is something that's really good for the community as a whole. I mean, I know there's some people that would disagree about that, but I'm putting aside (laughs) anti-birthers, but like as a, as a society, we need babies, right? We can't survive without babies. And so we kind of don't acknowledge like, wow, if you have a baby and take care of it, you're contributing to the community in a way, like it doesn't, it doesn't translate back. Um, No. And I think that's, I can see a change in that even in my lifetime. Me too. Me too. I mean, even between like Riley's birth and the birth of a friend's child this year, last year, um, like Eric took one day off and he could have taken more, but, but he would have had to take vacation. There was no paternity. Um, like that right. wasn't even a thing. And now that's starting to be, you know, a week, a couple of weeks as paternity leave, but even there compared to the rest of the world, we're just pathetic. But I think I was going, I was speaking the other way, like socially on the bigger, like you're answering a work thing that's maybe oh. being dealt with and incorporated. But I think socially the value of children has changed even since my kids were little. The attitude, I'm sorry, say that again, socially, what you just broke up. Just the attitude around parenting and children has changed even since I was, since my kids were little. Yeah. Yeah. You mean to be more acknowledged as something important? No, no, the other way. That it's not like, important. I think socially, I think there's, so what you pointed to is like a corporate acknowledgement that like, you can't give mom time off and not dad. You know, there's more I- adoption. There's more things around oh, that, that's, but that's actually more that's procedural. Not even, that's not even what I was saying. I wasn't even saying that actually. Um, because even for maternity leave, the only leave you get there usually is medical like the same leave that you would get if you were in a bad car accident or had abdominal surgery. Right. Like my, my maternity leave, I was covered for eight weeks because I had a C-section. I would have been covered six weeks without a C-section because that was actually my medical disability. There was no leave beyond my actual medical disability. And even then I'm, I'm more privileged than most women in America. But what I was speaking to wasn't that piece. I was just saying like, I think as society, we value children less than we used to, even that I can see in my lifetime. And that therefore the, I mean, we, we obviously do, right? Like the birth rate is going down every year in this country. So I don't know that that, that maybe needs to be a pin and a topic for another day, because two things I want to say about that. Number one, I can't think of a time where children were valued less than the seventies. So it's like a ebb and flow of how much we value um, children. But actually most of the conversation among millennials about not having kids is because they can't afford them. It's not that they don't want them as much as they can't afford, like they're both working, they can barely afford rent or they can't get a house or whatever. And some of it is like, they don't want to stop playing. I was going to say, there's a lot of privilege. There's some of that. Affording a child and what that looks like compared to you just make, figure it out, right? Like that's how, that's how it was when we were having kids, acquiring kids. Yeah. Well, so there's kind of like when we were children, another topic for another, yeah, it's a topic for another day when we were children, I mean, the birth weight was really low during gen X too. That's why it's so small. That's why the generation is so small. Um, and like kids were 
basically feral. <laughs> like yeah. we raise Compared each other. To any generation before that, for sure. Right. And then when you and I were having children, um, I think it was a little easier than it is to have kids now. But now there really is a conversation of that life is not attainable. Like, and, and there's a lot of conversation of people saying, I don't want to be, bring kids into this world, which I don't agree with that way of looking at it. Um, because the one you bring in might be the one who solves it. Right. That's what my sister said. My sister has six kids and she said, we always think maybe one of them will be the one who solves all these problems. We think it's beautiful to bring more people into the world. Um, that's another like opinion, but we, we didn't even get to what we wanted to talk about yet, which was personal responsibility. <laughs> and the end. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll talk no, about it. I think time. it was a really good conversation, but for sure, like we wanted to talk. We, I know we didn't talk about this. One of the things that's funny is like you and I talk so often and now we're starting to go, wait, have we talked about that on the podcast? Yeah. Did we just um, talk about it out loud or? Did we talk about civility for 18 hours, just you and I, or did we ever get that on the podcast? But we, in the fall, we were talking about civility in a way, and you were like, I mean, just like so angry in a way that I was like, oh man. And not that I disagreed with you, of course. I mean, I was like, I think that your emotion was valid. Um, but I also thought it was impressive. And we were going to talk about civility at that point, but I think we have a whole nother podcast to break down and get into civility and Victor Frankl and all that stuff. So <laughs> we'll save that. But I but do think what we talked about around just work and showing up and the feeling of that and caring for each other, like it's there's a call for that just inside of how we work and how we care for each other that I think was well said on this podcast. Yeah. And I think I don't want to leave it hanging what we're talking about, talking about, which is the idea of, um, there are so many people, so I'm still pretty mad about this. In fact, especially because I keep hearing that the Tucson health system is about to collapse. I'm sitting here right now, excuse me, in January of 2021 or 2022. Good God. Um, and that is, there's a lot of talk about getting to do whatever you want, like my rights, but there is not as much talk about if you make a choice, then there are consequences of that choice. So like in the context of COVID very specifically, like I choose to not get vaccinated. Well, then should you be able to then roll up to the ER and go, Hey, I didn't get vaccinated and now I'm super sick. And so I'm here for my ventilator. Thanks so much. And after two years of this, like the healthcare system collapsing isn't just because of the number of COVID cases, although that's a huge part of it. It's that the healthcare practitioners are just exhausted and burnt out and they're actually being abused. So there's a whole conversation that COVID kind of gives a context to, which is right. your choices come bring responsibility with them. And we don't like, uh, there's a mask mandate in Pima County right now. And I went to Costco the other day and most people were in masks, but there was a significant number who weren't, and they weren't even bothering to try to enforce it. And my first thought was, I guess tantrums work. Adult tantrums apparently is a winning strategy because people get told you have to wear a mask and they throw a fucking tantrum and then they get told, oh, okay, I guess you don't. I mean, it's fat baby with the treats. Yeah. If I just cry and scream. And I've heard, I told you, I saw that video of the woman abusing the Costco employee 
And I've heard of some Costco's where someone gets abusive like that and they just march them to the member desk. They refund their membership and ban them from the store. I'm like, you know what? That's how it should go down. Right. Um, into it. Right. Like you, if you don't want to wear a mask, you don't get to come inside. There you go. It's right. your this choice. Is not something you own. <laughs> right. And so the, the same thing with like, I actually respect a person who says, I don't want to get vaccinated. And so if I get sick, I won't go to the hospital. Okay. I still think you're dumb. I still think there's some other stuff going on in there, but I respect that a lot more than I'm not going to get vaccinated, but then I'm going to sit and and expect the healthcare system to take care of me. What the fuck? Right. Yeah. I think we have talked about this on the podcast, but it's, it's coming around as much as I guess we'll just keep doing it. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of nuance to it. And a lot of things like you said, something I thought was awesome before we were recording today about your new normal blend and like using it a year ago, using it now, just feeling like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. When I made the new normal a year ago, I was like, hallelujah, we're coming out of this. The vaccines are here. We can take our masks off. It's a beautiful day, summer. And now it's like, (laughs) Oh, it's worse than before. And I just switched from whatever I was wearing before to N95s and this sucks. (laughs) I can't even wear my cute cloth masks anymore. I know. Although I did find a place that has um, printed surgical masks that are different colors and like some animal prints and stuff. And then when Riley and I were at Costco getting her glasses, um, we were wearing the KN95s that we have. And this lady's like, where did you get those black ones? Because <laughs> she was <laughs> like, these white ones are so ugly with the printing and everything. At least those are a little bit more fashionable. So I found some black <laughs> ones that are... Yeah, that's what I told her. Um, And thankfully, we did switch to the KN95s because when Riley was exposed, she was wearing the better mask. So hopefully we'll dodge it again. But who knows at this point? It's true. And my mom, who we're just assuming has COVID, John tested positive today. So my mom is actually very, like, pretty sick. And we're just going to assume she has COVID and not make her wait in line three hours. I think John waited in line almost four hours to get tested today. Ugh. Thank God he was sitting in his car at least because it's pretty yeah. cold here. But yeah. um, he, uh, uh, my mom, I heard my mom yelling while we're on the podcast that she was going to cha- get up and chase that baby out of the room. So <laughs> <laughs> I think she's feeling a little better. Because tantrums are a good strategy and <laughs> he's tantruming about something. He's probably attacking his sister, which is, you know, one of his favorite pastimes. <laughs> My mom's well, like, I'll get you. I mean, who can blame him? But yeah, we'll have to, I guess we'll have to talk about responsibility another time. And then what was the other one we pinned? Oh, colleges. We're going to definitely, we have a lot of pins. No, that was one we pinned when we weren't even on the podcast. Yeah. I'm trying to keep track of what we pinned in the current ladies room. Good thing you listened to these again. Oh my gosh. Not in the ladies, ladies room. (laughs) Yeah. And then I could rant about how hard it is to listen to an MP3 on an iPhone. Why is that so hard? Should not be as hard as it is. The best part of that conversation was that iPhone started out as MP3 players. Yes. Hello. The iPod has <laughs> lost its roots. Point. Like, why is this so hard to download a file and listen to it? I maybe mean, I'll it have to go ridiculous. back to my, maybe I'll have to go back to my Rio. <laughs> oh my gosh. My you early. You still have that. I don't believe you. No, no, there's no way I still have it. I had it for a really long time, but I don't know that there's, I think it only worked on, 
either Windows 95 or Windows 98. I can't remember which one. So even if I still had it, I would just have to listen to whatever is on it from now until the end of time. (laughs) Forever till it breaks. I do have my original iPod where it still had a click wheel. Um, And it mostly has audiobooks on it. And I use that when I can't sleep. I'll like listen to Harry Potter on audiobooks. And I don't see any reason to change it. And I don't think I could if I wanted to, because it has the old fashioned um, plug, you know, the Oh, yeah. like the, the yeah. charging cable. I have a charging cable that fits it, but I don't have anything that would sync it to a computer because I don't really like to have my phone in the bedroom. No, yeah, it's probably better to leave it out. Yeah, but like, um, well, the like good old- news about the fact that I have COVID is that I'll finally this week, since I'm quarantined for five days, get around to my year in review and creating next year. So we'll have some fodder to talk about with that. Finally, I think. I think you should binge Sopranos instead. I don't, I don't think I'll do that. John was like, you're up real early. I'm like, I get up every day at five now. I don't know what you think. I'm six. So I'm going to stay in bed. I slept till like nine. That was impressive. Yeah. Um, I think the Starbucks job is doing its job. You should binge Sopranos and start listening to the Talking Sopranos podcast. I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> Their podcast is kind <laughs> of like ours and that it's two people talking. But it's not as good as ours in that one of the people is getting to be like so annoying. And, but it's also a little better than ours in that they have all these famous people come on for interviews. Okay. Well, if it, if our podcast is, has one person who's getting annoying, don't tell me about it. No, this guy is getting like super annoying. And they also have sponsorships. And I'm kind of uncomfortable with some of their sponsorships. One is um, a manscaping tool. And the guy was talking about his balls. I'm like, shut up. (laughs) You're making that up. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. I hand to God, it's really a thing. Smooth jazz. Smooth jazz. Let me talk about my hairy balls. Oh man. That's one thing we guarantee is no, no, we will not talk about our hairy balls in the ladies room, (laughs) but we don't promise we won't talk about somebody else's. So I just did. I know you just did. I just did. Okay. I think that's a place to leave it. I think that's the high note of the podcast. Yes. The high note of the podcast. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next time in the ladies room. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to catch us in the ladies room. You can also find Lynn at A Spacious Life on Facebook, Instagram, and in Clubhouse. And find Allie at 5 Billion Entrepreneurs on LinkedIn and Instagram.